Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. Think about this. Being forced to bathe in rivers, teeming with deadly fish and snakes 20 feet long, swarmed night and day by armies of stinging and biting insects, needing permission to go to the bathroom, being chained by your neck to a tree, and walked on a leash like a dog, waking up every morning, asking yourself, is today the day I'm going to die? I have never heard a more incredible story of survival, of strength, of courage in my life. Ingrid Betancourt is one of the most brave women I have ever heard of. For the first time since her nail-biting rescue two years ago, Ingrid is ready to tell the intimate details of her six and a half years as a hostage deep in the jungles of South America. Welcome, Ingrid Betancourt. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Have a seat. Well, I was uh, pleased to get a, a galley of this uh, earlier in the summer, and it reads like fiction. It's hard to believe that you actually lived through that. It is very important for me to write that book. I think it was uh, one of those targets that helped me just move on. So before we go any further, here is some background for those of you who are not familiar with Ingrid's story. Ingrid was a senator in her native Colombia when she decided to run for president of that country. She did not anticipate that a campaign stop would end up being the worst day of her life. 
Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger. Eating thick cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. Ah, it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy. In 2001, Ingrid Betancourt launched her bid for president of war-torn Colombia. For nearly 50 years, the country has been waging a war against a homegrown guerrilla group known as the FARC, who for years have terrorized the population with bombings, murders, and thousands of kidnappings. During her presidential campaign, Ingrid met with FARC leaders. On February 23, 2002, she headed to a campaign stop in the town of San Vicente, located in a region controlled by the FARC. The Colombian military cautioned Ingrid against traveling to this dangerous area and even refused to provide her with armed escorts. Despite the warnings, she decided to make her trip anyway, with her campaign manager, Clara Rojas, another staffer, and two journalists. 30 miles into the drive, their car approached a checkpoint manned by FARC guerrillas. I told the driver, let's go back. We have to get out of here. There was a, a guerrillero that came running, and he put his head inside the car, and he asked, um, are you Ingrid Betancourt? And I said, yes. Moments later, Ingrid and Clara were forced into a truck at gunpoint. We had been abducted. The guerrilla didn't use the word kidnapped, but he said, uh, I have received orders from my commanders to treat you well. That was, I would say, the worst day of my life. Ingrid has written a book about her ordeal called Even Silence Has an End. I really couldn't put the book down. It is 528 jaw-dropping, heart-pounding pages. It is spellbinding. And when you read this book, you will feel like you really are in the jungle with Ingrid. Describe what your living space was like. Well, it would change. In the first year and a half, we were um, sharing this uh, situation with Clara, which was the person who was kidnapped with me. And we were living actually in a space with a mosquito net on top. And we had to share that for both of us. I mean, we couldn't go out of that mosquito net. We, if we wanted to go out, we had to ask permission. So we would pass all our days sitting uh, on that space. And of course, uh, every move we would do, we would just brush the other. And it was very difficult. I mean, I-, I When you went to the bathroom, what did they call that when you would go to the chantas. bathroom? Yeah, chantas. And the chantas were actually just- uh, A hole dug in maybe, the ground. Yeah, holes. Uh, and of course, all the bugs and all the things yeah. had their favorite place over there. So it, Going to the chantas was... Uh, a, the smell, good oh, God. my yeah. God. Mm -hmm. It was uh, horrible. So it's a hole in the ground that everybody uses to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We would sleep uh, mostly on um, plastic sheets on the ground or on caletas that they would make out of uh, logs to have a little, you know, space, mm -hmm. not be in the ground. But that, 
only happen if we would be in camp, like staying for two or three weeks in the same place. What I couldn't believe, there's a point in the book when you all get the book and read it, where Ingrid is planning an escape. They steal a machete from one of the guerrillas, have the nerve to steal the machete, and risk being, you know, anything happening to you if they find out you stole that machete. And they hide the machete in the poop hole. Yes, oh my goodness, is right. So I'm like, do I want to escape that badly? <laughs> yes. And every time you tried to escape, you always thought this is going to be the time, even yes. though you weren't really sure where you were going. I wanted to get back home. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was reading it, it reminded me of our American history and slavery here, when slaves would leave and escape into the night, having never been any further than the front yard, and leaving to escape, not knowing where they were going, but freedom being so precious that they were willing to risk everything to do that. That's what I felt when I was, was, was reading your story. And what's really compelling about the story is it's not just about the physicality of you enduring this, but you really do talk about what happens to you and your fellow captives as a human being. So the slightest little thing, you know, who gets the biggest piece of bread becomes uh, defining for your character. Yes, What yes. were you allowed to eat? What were you eating? We would eat, uh, I mean, it was for years, it was uh, rice and beans. Rice and beans. I mean, no vegetables, no fruits, no milk, no dairy, no, no nothing. I mean, it was just that. You write on page 434 that I vowed not to look at the size of the portions anymore and take whatever I was served. However, the next morning when they unlocked my padlock, despite my resolution to behave like a fine lady, the demon in me got out when it smelled the arepa. Yeah. Arepa. And I realized to my dismay that I was ready to bite the hand of anyone who tried to take my turn. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's I, not like it was all that good. No, but no. No, it was. Not at all good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Not at yeah. all good. But it was the only thing there was. And, you know, it comes to a point where you're just dreaming with that pot coming in. Mm -hmm. I mean, and What's like a be dog. What's going to pot today, like yes. a dog? Yeah. I, you know what it's going to be. But you're just wanting that thing to come because, because you want to eat and end. And because the horrible thing you're going to eat is the only pleasure you will have. Despite the beautiful images of the Amazonian rainforest, it's a hostile and deadly place. Dark, steamy, and wet, the threat of yellow fever, malaria, and typhoid is ever-present. Jaguars, lions, wild boars, and more than 100 species of snakes thrive in this jungle. Rivers teem with leeches, piranhas, electric eels, crocodiles, and anacondas. The Amazon is alive with more insects than any other place on Earth. Scorpions, beetles, wasps, spiders, and hundreds of different types of tarantulas flourish in the humidity. 
and the noise they make is deafening. Imagine being forced to live in that for six and a half years. That is what happened to Ingrid Betancourt, who in 2002 was kidnapped by terrorists during her presidential campaign in her native Colombia, South America, and she became the world's most famous hostage. You say the bugs were torture. Explain why. Because uh, there was no respite. I mean, first there were millions. Uh, I remember having this understanding for the first time what skin is about. Skin is our first defense structure against the environment, uh -huh. you know? Normally, skin is something that we take care of with creams and things. But here, it was really the central of the pain. Mm -hmm. Every day, I was scratching myself. Every day, I had a, a, a problem dealing with the skin, bugs biting, uh, stings, reactions, allergies. When you think about hell, it's a biblical thing, you know, where your pain doesn't end. That was it. You tried to escape at least four times, and you say that the fear of getting caught really was worse than your fear of dying. Yes. Every time they would cut me back, it was worse and worse. So it came to a point that for me, uh, death was a better option. I especially thought that perhaps it was like freedom. Mm -hmm. That death would be like freedom? Mm -hmm. And especially because I was, uh, the burden of the, of the pain I was causing to my family was just unbearable. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking that my children, uh, when I left Lorenzo, he was 13 and Melanie was just 16, and, and they had grown to be adults. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking they, they cannot move on because they're waiting for me. They're waiting on their mother to be free. Yes, and, and if this and, is going to last for 20 more years, I just... After one escape attempt, the guards beat you, and when they caught you, put a chain around your neck and walked you back to camp on a leash like a dog. Will you mind reading the passage on page 16? During the suspended time of that endless march, I felt myself becoming stronger with each step. I knew that, in a way, I had gained more than I'd lost. They had not managed to transform me into a monster thirsting for revenge. But I already knew that I had the ability to free myself from hatred. And I viewed this as my most significant conquest. I was so moved by that because I can't imagine having a chain around your neck and being marched in front of all of the other people who'd been captive and humiliated that way. And in that moment, were you able to free yourself of hatred or did that come later? It came later. Mm -hmm. It came later, but in a way, uh, it was like breathing again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. 
When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Ingrid Betancourt was held hostage for six and a half years in the Amazon jungle. Her new book, it's called Even Silence Has an End. And I say you're one of the bravest mothers I've ever even heard or read about. It's one thing to be captured and you think it's going to be three months. And then a year passes. And then there's that whole realization. It's now been a year. And then two years pass. How do you literally keep yourself going when you don't know if it's going to be two more years or 20 years? Did your faith get stronger? Did you... Did you become a more spiritually conscious person? Yes. Yes, of course. I think that was a transformation. It was really a... For a long time, you were reading the Bible. Weren't you reading the Bible? I discovered the Bible. You discovered the Bible. Because, you see, I thought the Bible was a very boring book Mm -hmm. before being abducted. Yeah, till you need Jesus, and then it's not so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Then you go, I like this book. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when I was abducted, and of course, this, the first thing I had was this kind of very um, aggressive uh, reaction against God, mm-hmm. if he existed. Because why me, yes. Why me and why my father? Mm-hmm. Because I, I adored my father, mm-hmm. you see. And I always thought that I had the right... Okay, I'm going to try not to cry. Your father died three months after you? One month, exactly. One month, One month exactly. exactly. I was abducted at 1 p.m. the 23rd of February. He died the 23rd of March, 1 p.m. Wow. When when I was abducted, my father was very ill. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had been in a position where I uh, was with him in the hospital, and he was going to die, and he didn't die, you know? But I realized at that moment that for me, it was so essential to think that in the moment of his death, I was going to be there with him, holding his hand to just... Help with the transition, Mm -hmm. to be there. And so that's how you had always imagined it, and then you were not there. You were not there. And I can see that's still very hard for you. In France and her native Colombia, Ingrid Betancourt's family and friends worked tirelessly to secure her release. Weeks turned into months, months turned into years. Just 16 and 13 when their mother was abducted, daughter Melanie and son Lorenzo joined supporters at rallies and protests, hoping to keep their mother's story alive. They even lobbied the president of France on their mother's behalf. The family was able to send love and support to Ingrid through a Colombian radio program. Devoted to broadcasting messages to the nearly 700 hostages being held across the country. Ingrid's own mother, Yolanda, called into that radio show almost daily. And Ingrid's beloved father, Gabriel, expressed hope that someday they would be reunited. 
For much of the time Ingrid was held hostage, her family living in France had no idea if she was dead or alive. And she writes that her family was her sun and her moon and stars during captivity. And that memories of her children's kisses, as many of you mothers can imagine, was her lifeline. Ingrid's daughter, Melanie, and her mother, Yolanda, are here. Her son, Lorenzo, is studying for exams in France and, and couldn't be here. Melanie, during that time, did you at all have any idea that she was alive? What were you feeling during that time? You had to build a life for yourself without your mother. Well, that was, um, that was actually really hard because, you know, at first when, when she was kidnapped, we thought, okay, if this lasts more than two days, we're gonna go crazy. Mm -hmm. And then the weeks went by and the months and years. And at some point, after the second proof of life, which was like a year and a half after she got kidnapped, we stopped receiving proofs of life. There was, you know, nothing, no news, just rumors. And there were rumors that she was dead. There were all kinds of rumors. And um, about five years after she was kidnapped, I remember there was a moment when I realized, wow, we haven't had any news from my mom for four years. We don't know anything. So were you at some point three, four years in, were you trying to then move on and trying to have a quote normal life? Or was your mother being held captive always a part of everything that you did? It colored it's, everything. I think you- Defined everything. You, you cannot move on. You cannot. I, I remember, um, Someone told me once, the thing is that this is not like death. You cannot mourn you don't, when you don't know, mm -hmm. you know, when you don't know what's happened. Uh, Yolanda, Ingrid's uh, mother, does not speak English, uh, so Melanie's going to translate. But Yolanda, you went on the radio almost every day, but had no idea if Ingrid was listening or not. Did that matter if she was listening or not? La única manera. Mm -hmm. Quería como ayudarla, era diciéndole todos los días todo el amor que le tenía. So the only way um, I had to help her was to tell her every day how much I loved her. Mm, that is a mother's love. Every day she would go to that radio station yes. and broadcast, hoping that her daughter would have a radio in the jungle. There was a place where, a station where they let the families of... Yes people who'd been captured leave messages. Did you hear the messages on the radio? Yes. I mean, I, I could know by heart what she was going to say. Because every day she would say, darling, I'm here. Uh, I don't know how you are. Are you cold? Are you, are you warm? Are you sleeping in a normal bed? And I want to tell you that I love you. And this is what we're doing. After her release, Ingrid Betancourt was celebrated as a hero, even awarded France's highest honor by President Nicolas Sarkozy. But some of Ingrid's fellow hostages saw things very differently. Keith Stanzel and others alleged Ingrid was arrogant, bossy, and took more than her fair share of food. Even Ingrid's former campaign manager, Clara Rojas, clashed with Betancourt in captivity, writing in her memoir that Ingrid went, quote, from being a role model to someone who represented death, becoming extremely apathetic and bitter. And in Vanity Fair magazine, fellow hostage Gloria Polanco expressed her feelings very bluntly, saying, let's not make symbols and icons out of women who aren't. 
when I was reading Even Silence Has an End, I thought not going to fare well with many of the other people who were captured with you, particularly every time you run away, it would cause problems for everybody. The kind of person who has the courage to keep running away wouldn't necessarily get along well with everybody else. And you were consistently defiant. There's a passage in the, a time in the book where you wrote where all the radios were stripped and taken away and you, the defiant one, kept yours and hid it. And that caused a lot of problems with everyone else because, and I I, I put myself in their, their shoes. I would have been terrified that even reading it, I'm thinking any moment they're gonna find that radio and they're gonna chop your head off and then they're gonna punish everybody else who knew that you had the radio. Just envisioning days without the voices of our loved ones was for me impossible. I couldn't. And so I took my radio and I hide my radio. And when the guard asked me uh, what I had done with it, because they knew, they counted the radios and they knew, I said, it's broken. And weren't you afraid of other hostages telling on you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they wanted me to hand the radio to them. Or they were going to just tell the guerrilla what happened. Well, they obviously, based on what they've said here, they don't like you. No, they didn't too much. Mm -hmm. I think they didn't like you then either, did no, they? No, 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 not much. Yeah. But I, I don't what's your them. response to their criticism? No, is, I do, think Can it's... you see where there is validity in their criticism? Can you understand why they wouldn't yes. like you? Yes, I understand why they didn't like me. And, and honestly, I wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had many moments where... Were you arrogant and selfish, as they say? I think I, I was frightened mm -hmm. of them, too. Mm -hmm. And perhaps, you know, sometimes where you're frightened, you, you show something of yourself that can be thought of as arrogant. But... But now, you looking back, because you are a very self-aware woman, it's very clear from what yeah. you've written here that you have done a lot of thinking about yourself. You're very you know, introspective. Would you say in that environment that what you projected was arrogance and selfishness? Probably, yes, mm -hmm. as we all did. Mm -hmm. Because- Do you have hard feelings towards them? No, but that's a decision. Mm -hmm. You see, that's something I just, you know, I worked on that because for me, they are my family. Mm -hmm. I haven't spent in my life so much time with anybody, nor my children or my mom or anybody than with them. Mm -hmm. And I know them, every one of them, so deeply and so, I mean, they're, and, and I love them. You love them? You love the people who just said those things about you? Well, I hope mm -hmm. they will just process what they lived in a different way and they would just change their minds, but it doesn't matter. What's interesting, you write in the book how after a while, you started to act the way the gorillas treated you. Yes. They treated you like animals, and you started to behave like animals. Like animals. Yes. And I think because I just realized that, and I didn't want to lose my humanity, I became a problem in the camp. For example, I remember there was, at one point, uh, one morning, 4 a.m., the guards came in, barging in. Count, count, count yourselves. Oh, I love it. And I was that. like... Every one of us has to say a number. And so I have my fellow hostages saying one, the other two, the other three, and it comes to my turn, and I'm saying, Ingrid Betancourt. 
if you want to be, make sure that I'm here, you just call me by my name. And, and it wasn't arrogant. It wasn't because I wanted to just be there, my big me. It was because I wasn't going to accept to be treated like an object. Well, imagine you're the others who, who had already, you know, listed themselves as numbers. They were They'd be just, pretty ticked with you, Miss no, Ingrid me. Betancourt. They just yeah. hated me. Yeah. And not only that, look, it, it took me a while to understand because, of course, we're in that camp living together. Everything was nasty. No space. We were fighting for a tree where to hang our hammocks. I mean, stupid things. Mm -hmm. It was our life. Mm -hmm. And then we would listen to the radio, and every time they would speak about hostages, they would speak about Ingrid Betancourt. Mm -hmm. Because you were the celebrity, because, having run for president. Because they had done a so, such incredible job yeah. that, okay. For me, what I thought is, well, at least they speak about the situation. They're, I mean, it helps everybody. Yes. But yeah. if, you're the, if you're also, you know, living in the same conditions, being treated, you know, as hostily as you were being treated, and your name isn't being mentioned. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it would you, make you, you feel you, like I'm here too. Yeah, I'm here too. She's and not what, the only one she's here. Not, and she's not the one important, and she's not the one. And of course, now I understand. Will what? you ever try to make peace with them? I speak with all of them. Not all, perhaps not, except two or, or one or two. Not the American hostages. But I'm very close to, I'm very close to Mark. Mm -hmm. And I have a wonderful relationship with Tom. Mm -hmm. And with Tom, I had incredible fights for the hammocks, for example, or mm -hmm. for, and like... Well, we have the impression at the end of the book, those of you who are going to read it, that there was some kind of romantic thing going on, was it? And it, the whole time I was thinking, how could there possibly be romance? Y'all must smell like hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say that uh, I had a very special relationship with Mark. Did you fall in love with him? I think it was love, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it was love. Wow. The plan to free Ingrid and 14 other hostages dubbed Operation Checkmate was as nail-biting and suspenseful as a Hollywood thriller. Posing as FARC terrorist commanders, members of the Colombian military hacked into the guerrillas' radio exchanges, ordering Ingrid and the 14 others be flown to meet the new rebel leader. Soldiers from Colombia's special forces took acting lessons in order to pass as aid workers in charge of transporting the group. Once in the air, special forces announced to Ingrid and the 14 other hostages that they are finally free. That was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, and so even when you read the book, I knew what the ending was going to be, uh, obviously, because you were free to, to write it. But it is incredible the way that happened. It's, in, it's, like, it's like the movies. It's like something out of a movie. Tell us what it was like on that helicopter. Oh my God, I didn't understand what was happening. And then one of the guys, he took off his cap, he threw it in the air and he said, we are the Colombian army, you are free. Wow. And it was very frightening, very frightening because it was, there was no preparation for that. Suddenly it was all our dreams come true and, and and what's going to be life now like, you know? It was that kind of very, very strong, strong uh, release of energy. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. we were all 
shouting, crying. I thought we were going to crash in that helicopter. And I could see in, 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 in my companions, their faces, the transformation. The, first, the, the stupefaction with the, with the you know, realization that we were freed, and then the, the happiness, and then the, 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 the scariness, uh, being scared because what's going to happen now? Yeah. All yeah. those feelings yeah. mixed. Yeah. Describe what it was like seeing your children after six and a half years for the first time. Wow. Um, I had dreamed with them every day. I had left uh, Lorenzo when he was 13 and Melanie 16. And I had to just try to imagine how they had transformed themselves. And of course, I would, you know, close my eyes and try to just project the face of Melanie into a more mature girl and then woman and of my little boy to a man with another voice. And I always, to, I mean, of course, to, 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 to give me some kind of pleasure, I would think of images of them as beautiful children and beautiful adults. You know, I would think they must be so beautiful. I, I was freed and uh, I, I was told that they would arrive the next morning. I couldn't sleep that night, no sleep. I mean, I just was, I wanted that next morning to be there. And I was waiting for, for the, the door to open and then I, they were there. And they, it, was the, it was my children. And I thought they're better than I thought. They're more beautiful, they're, you know? Sometimes I wake up and I'm just like surprised to be under a roof. But I remember the first night that I slept in a real bed. I had to sleep in the floor. It didn't seem right. To have a space of my own is something that I really appreciate, not having to fight for the space. The uh, little things of freedom, like being able to just change your mind. You're going to take a bath, and then you said, no, I'm not going to take a bath. No, I'm going to just something, I'm going to cook something. Those kind of, you know, little decisions you make every day, I, I really cherish them a lot. When I was released, uh, one of my favorite things to do was to come to the supermarket. We never had any fruit or any vegetables in the jungle. And so now that I have the opportunity to do so, every week I change fruits. I, I want to try them all. This area here is called the High Line. This is a place to walk, really. I mean, I think it's a very uh, nice way to just hang out, you know? It's the true expression of freedom. I mean, I, I was chained to a tree, so this is something I couldn't just, I couldn't imagine of being doing. So now that I have it, I just indulge myself in it. So this is uh, my local church. This, for me, it's, it's special because when I used to pray in the jungle, uh, I would pray a lot to this virgin here, the Virgin of Guadalupe. I read so many times the Bible when I was in captivity. I have many favorite passages. One of my favorite is the letter from 
uh, St. Paul to the Romans. And he's talking about a vision he had, and he was suffering a lot. And then he hears Jesus saying, my grace suffices you. He doesn't need anything else to overcome his pain than the grace of Jesus. In a way, he discovered that the more fragile he was, the more stronger he was. And it just made a lot of sense for me in the jungle because it's exactly how I felt. Wow. So what's the most important lesson you think you learned from this ordeal? What did you take from this ordeal? Well, it, something that helps me every day since I'm free, which is that it came to a point where I had lost everything, everything. I mean, I couldn't move, I couldn't go to the toilet, I couldn't drink when I wanted, I couldn't talk to anybody, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything without, without having to ask permission. And there I was, chained to a tree, with that pouring rain over me, thinking I was less than an animal. And then I thought, no, that's not true. There's something left. I have the freedom to choose what kind of person I want to be. You see? We can be that kind of person we think we should be, and we dream one day to, 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 to get there, and we always think, it's too hard, I don't have time, uh, I have so many problems. Well, guess what? You can do it starting now. You know, it's, it's a decision. Well, no, nothing should ever upset you again. No. <laughs> no. You had bugs crawling all over you every night. <laughs> In the jungle, you swam with the alligators and the anaconda. Nothing should, little things shouldn't bother you anymore, do they? No, but sometimes we catch some bugs. Yes, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah show, The Podcast. And I thank you for listening. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, my God, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.